Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to continue on what I have ministered on last Sunday. And we'll pick up from where we left off. Some of the things I will reiterate briefly and then go into the main uh, message that I wanted to share with you today. The title of, uh, of my message this afternoon is entitled God's Prescription for Life and Health. God's Prescription for Life and Health. Uh, those of you that were with us last Sunday, we looked at the spiritual laws that govern the issues of life and death, blessing and curse. We've also seen that these laws are set in motion by the smallest member of our body, and that is the tongue, according to James chapter 3, Beginning with verse 5 through to 6, we're going to read once again and look at these verses of Scripture once again because they carry tremendous revelation. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, and it says, And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how small a flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Now, according to St. James, the words that proceed out of our mouth can either empower us or weaken us. They can either bless us or curse us, enslave us or set us free. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2 confirms that for the word says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. And there are many, many scriptures that confirm the statements that the Apostle James made. Now, we can encourage and build up one another, or we can tear down just with words. We can minister life or death both to ourselves as well as to others. And I believe that's one of the main reasons why God cannot trust us with more power because we have no control over our mouth. Just imagine you're driving down the road and some drunken driver just cuts in front of you without indicating. And then you open your mouth and you blast that guy to kingdom come. Imagine if you had power, such power, 
within your words. And, and I believe this is the main reason why God does not entrust us with more power. You don't give a loaded gun to a five-year-old. That's foolishness. Hence the, the reason why I emphasize over and over again the need for spiritual growth and development, the need to mature in the things of God. James says, who is able to control his tongue is able to control the whole body. Proverbs 21 and verse 23 says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. The Passion Translation says, Watch your words and be careful what you say and you will be surprised by how few troubles you will have. Wow! Isn't that amazing? That the smallest member of our body can cause so much trouble. You see, according to the scriptures, words are spiritual weapons that pierce much deeper than any physical weapon. One word, one wrong word, one negative word, one word that is filled with hate can pierce deep down into your soul and open up a great wound. You see, words are carriers of spiritual power to release life or death, faith or fear. Then again, Proverbs 18 and verse 22 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So here is the secret, though. This is so important. The mouth or the tongue has no choice in the matter, because the mouth will only speak, according to Jesus, out of what is in abundance within heart. It is the heart that makes the choice, not the mouth. Whatever we choose to fill our heart and mind, that is exactly what will eventually come out of our mouth. What you full of, your mouth will reveal it. You can stop and listen to a person for a few minutes and you will exactly locate where that person is, spiritually and emotionally, by the words that would come out of the person's mouth. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. You see, it is not the mouth that has the choice, it is the heart that makes the choice. We can choose to fill our hearts with the good treasure of the Word of God or the treasures of evil. Jesus said that both good and evil proceed from the heart of man. You see, Jesus is revealing to us a certain principle or a spiritual law, and it is this. 
The heart of man is the womb that releases into our world both good and evil. Therefore, we are responsible for whatever we release in our world, either the good or the evil. You see, many people blame God for the destruction, the death, the fear, and all the evil that is released in our world today because they are ignorant of what the Bible says. God is not to blame for all this evil and the death and the destruction that is taking place in our world, but man is. Man releases all of these things. You see, it was Adam, the first man, who initially released the laws of sin and death into our world through his disobedience to God. His descendants continue to do the same. Thank God, though, Jesus came into the world and gave us a choice. Through his sacrifice and obedience to the Father, he released another law into our world, what the Bible calls the law of the Spirit of life, which supersedes the laws of sin and death according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. You can read that from your own Bibles. I'm giving you lots of scriptures for you to study and meditate on if you want to go deeper into, these, uh, into this teaching. Romans 8 verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is also released by the words of our mouth. It is activated and released by the words that we speak. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is within the Word of God. Jesus is the living Word. And God's Word is full of spiritual life. So... Remember what Jesus said in John 6, 63? The words that I speak to you, he said, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God forevermore. So the more of the word we store in our hearts and in our minds, the higher we rise in the power of the spirit. If you want to be anointed with real power and grace, be full of the word. And that's where the anointing lies. Therefore, we come to the conclusion that as believers, only one thing is needed. Just one. And that is filling our hearts and our minds with the life-giving words of God. And that is exactly what Jesus said to Martha. You remember Martha in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10? She was anxious and troubled about many things. But Jesus commended her sister Mary because she chose the one thing Jesus said that would never be taken away from her. You remember what it was? She sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his words. She devoted her undivided attention to what Jesus was ministering 
when he came to visit at her house. So, you see, what Martha did, she devoted her attention to serving, running around, and looking after her guests. Now, let me clarify that. Serving and looking after our unexpected guests or any other activity that requires our time, our energy and attention is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The problem is when we give priority to things that are less important than the Word of God. That's where the problem lies. When we prioritize things that are not that important as the Word of God. Jesus meant when when he said that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and what is right in his sight. And the Lord is emphasizing here the law of first things. First things come first, not second, not third. And this is where many of us fail to realize the real value of priorities. We seem to prioritize other things that are of lesser importance rather than prioritizing the Word of God by giving the Word first place in our lives. That's why I love the habit of getting up early in the morning before you do anything else. You sit with God, you sit with His Word, you meditate His Word, you pray, you listen to the Lord for the day that is ahead of you. And I guarantee you, when you do that first, you will find you will have more wisdom, more energy, and understanding to deal with the issues that will come up during your day's work. You see, there is this constant battle between what is urgent and what is important. And most times we give in to the urgent rather than what's really important. And that's where we need to adjust and put priorities in our lives and put boundaries in our lives. If you don't have boundaries, everybody will push you around, every need, every urgent matter will pull you to the right and to the left. And, you know, I've managed through the years to be the master of my time. I I am never late in any appointment because I prioritize and I organize my life from the morning. I know what I need to do, but before I do those things, I must give the Word of God first place. And that's been my habit now for many, many years. And I thank God that He, He taught me this at a very early spiritual age. And I'm grateful to the Lord for His wisdom and His grace that He has guided me to do this. And what we do, we, we spend our time worrying about things so many times when we could devote that time that we worry to meditating the Word of God. We are troubled about things that we cannot change when we should be focusing on the things that we can change. How? By changing the way we think or by changing our attitude. So renewing our minds with prayer and the Word of God, I believe, 
is the most important practice in the Christian's life. And we should be devoting our time. Why? To do that because the mind is the gateway to the heart. You see, whatever you put into your mind and keep it there, it's going to eventually filter deep down into your heart. And when it's in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. That's powerful. And what we spend our time thinking about will be released into our heart or our spirit. And what the heart is full of, the mouth has no choice, but it will speak and release it into your world. One of the reasons that God gave us a mind, it is to think the thoughts of God. It is to imagine. Imagination is good when the imagination is filled with the life-giving Word of God. He gave us this imagination to imagine the wonders, the power, the glory, the beauty of our Creator. And we are to love God, the Bible says, with our mind, with all of our soul, as well as our heart. And you see, the Word of God instructs us, according to, uh, to Paul writing to the Colossians, he says to them, he instructs us to set our minds, he says, on things above, not on things on the earth. What does that mean? Uh, that means that our affection and focus is to be on those things which edify and build trust and reliance on our Heavenly Father. You see, God is not going to keep your mind or your body. That's our responsibility. God has done His part. He's given us a new spirit. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. But He's not going to do anything with your body or with your mind. We are to rise up in the power of the Spirit and renew our minds and subdue the flesh. So many people are praying to God to do something with the minds and with the bodies. That's the waste of time. That is literally a waste of prayer and a waste of time. God will not listen to those prayers in, when He said to us, you do something with your mind. It's your mind and you Renew it. It's your responsibility. Amen? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it spring the issues of life. The Passion, or rather the New Living Translation says, Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Wow. Who determines the course of your life? God? No. Your heart does. Your spirit does. And what you fill your spirit and your mind with will determine the course that your life will take. You see, God will keep you if you keep and guard your heart with all diligence and not allow it to be defiled by the spirit and the culture of this present age 
which is governed by the God of this world, who is none other than the devil himself. So the course of our life, no matter who you are, where you come from, no matter your circumstances, the course of your life is always determined not by God, but by what we choose to fill our hearts and our minds with. You see, that's why the state of our heart is so important. Amen? It is your heart that determines whether you will have a blessed and prosperous life or a life that is filled with the effects of the curse, which includes fear, sickness, disease, death, poverty, and all of those things. They come from the heart. And we will explain it further. That's why Romans chapter 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. It leads to spiritual death, to separation from God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Word has so much to say about the heart and the mouth, and I encourage you to do your own study. So keeping our heart full of the Word of God will pay rich dividends, not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. And you see, God, our Heavenly Father, is so kind and so wise in giving us the practical steps on how to keep our hearts and minds full of the life-giving word. And here they are. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22. These are some of my favorite verses in the Bible. I spend so much time reading them, looking at them, meditating on them in order to grasp and draw all of the wisdom that is contained with these words of the Lord. He says, my son, so he's talking to his children, sons and daughters. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all of the flesh. Hence the title of my message, God's Prescription for Life and Health. Now, I'm going to go through these steps uh, one by one. So remember, before we can enjoy life to the full, experience the favor and the blessing of God, and have good health, we have to find the Word of God. Amen? For we just read, they are life. What is life? The Word. And health. Another translation says medicine to those who find them. Find what? The words of God. And when we find them, God gives us instructions how to take them according to the directions God gives us. You see, for example, 
you you have an ailment in your body you go to your physician to your doctor he does a thorough examination and he says my diagnosis is this and this and this he gives you or she gives you a prescription and you take that prescription you take it to the chemist and the chemist gives you the right medicine but on the bottle on the prescription it tells you and gives you directions how to take the medicine says take three times a day after meals now you can't just do your own thing you can take the prescription put it on the table and it won't do anything for you hello are you out there you got to take it according to the directions that is given and so god is giving us clear directions how to fill our hearts and our minds with a life-giving word the first step he says my son attend to my word what does that mean to attend to the word of god that means you give the word of god your undivided attention to what god has already spoken undivided attention to what god has already spoken which is written in the word of god it also means to give the words first place in your life that means the word of god must be above the word of anybody else including your doctor your friend your 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 even your wife or your husband the word takes first place that's what it means to give your undivided attention before family before work before career before entertainment or any other activity are you with me so far now attending to the word of god will help you to understand what it says once they are understood that is the words we are able then to put them into practice how do you get to understand them by attending by giving your attention undivided attention to what god has already spoken the second step he says incline your ear to my sayings to incline means to bend or bow towards to listen to his sayings if we are to give our ears to god it also means that we shut our ears to every other voice or every other saying that disagrees or contradicts god's sayings it's easier said than done though but that's how god wants us to listen undivided attention listen shut your ears to every other voice to worldly voice to the news and even to those around you who are not speaking in line with god's word they full of negativity they full of fear they full of doubt i don't want to hear i don't want to hear those things i will pay no attention to them that is if you want to grow spiritually 
and take your medicine according to the prescription. Once the word is attended to, listen to this, they become living sayings, which we constantly hear in our minds and in our spirits. Look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. This is also, the Lord showed me this verse of Scripture many years ago. The words, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left. Well, I'm not telling you to listen to voices, but you know what? As you study the Word of God, as you meditate in the Word, you're going to hear the direction of the Lord. He will speak to you through His Word. He will guide you and give you wisdom even in the minutest details of your daily life. Some people say, well, I don't know. I've never heard His voice. I don't know which way to go. Well, the reason being is because you're not taking the word according to the prescription. The third step. Do not let my words depart from your eyes. That doesn't mean you walk around with the Bible in front of your face. No. What it means is that God's word gives us perfect vision. According to the Bible, they give us prophetic revelation or vision, which empowers us to see things the way God sees them. The Bible says that without prophetic revelation, the people perish or they destroy. And I'm sure you've read that in the book of Proverbs. If what you see through the eyes of your spirit or imagination is not what God said about you or your family or the situation you find yourself in, it means that you have allowed the Word of God to depart from your eyes. This is so important. Jesus said that the lamp of the body is the eye. He says, if therefore your eye is good or healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But when your eye is unhealthy, seeing things that are not in agreement with God or seeing yourself not the way God sees you, but the way man sees you or the devil sees you, your whole body will be filled with darkness, he said. And you can find that verse in Matthew 6, 22 and 23. Now the Passion Translation says, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. And that's what happens through the Word. What we see through our inner man, you know, you don't just have two physical eyes. You have two spiritual eyes as well. I trust you know that. Your spirit has eyes and sees beyond this natural visible world. So what we see through our inner man makes all the difference in our lives. So we need to train the eyes of our inner man through the word to see what God sees, to see what the word says. 
Have you noticed that when you go to the doctor, the first thing he does, he looks into your eyes? Why do you think he does that? Because your eyes reveal what goes on inside of you. You've heard the saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul. It is imperative, therefore, that we keep looking and seeing the Word of God. What does the Word say about me? Amen? The Word has a lot to say about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you are capable of doing in the Lord. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And so many other things. The Word of God sees you whole and healthy and restored and blessed and prosperous. That's how the Lord sees you. And we must come to the place where we see ourselves the way God sees us. Hebrews 12, uh, 2 says, looking unto Jesus. That means the Word because Jesus is the living Word the author and the finisher of my faith. Let me give you an example. If I say to you, I have a dog. In your mind, what do you see? You see a dog, right? You don't see D-O-G. If I say to you, I have a dog, the first thing you see in your mind is a dog, right? Now, if I say, I have this big, black dog. What do you see? I, I want to prove a point to you. You see with the eyes of your mind, with the eyes of your spirit, not with this. What do you see? You see a big black dog. The more words I give you, the clearer the picture becomes in your mind. You get it? That is what the Word of God does in our inner man. It paints a picture on the canvas of our spirit and our mind. The more of the Word we hear and meditate, the clearer the picture becomes on the inside of us. One of the reasons why people cannot get free or go forward is because they have this negative picture on the inside of them. They see themselves as uh, failures, or they see themselves as fearful, or as weak, or as uh, um, so many other things, as inferior to others. Or they see themselves as the one who are rejected, lonely, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me. You see, this picture on the inside must be torn down and replaced with a wholesome picture of the Word of God. And the only way you can do that is by storing the Word in your mind and in your heart, and it paints a picture that is the accurate, true picture of how God sees you. Amen. Now listen, what we see and envision on the inside, sooner or later it will manifest on the outside. If you keep seeing yourself as a victim, that's exactly what you will experience in your life. The picture or the image you have on the inside will attract 
victimization. This is so. This is a spiritual law. Amen. That's why it's so important, folks, to study the Word of God, not just to just like casually read over it. We should be men and women who dig for gold when we read the Word, that our mind is fully attentive. Amen. Now, finally, when we follow the steps which I've mentioned above, our hearts will retain and keep the treasures of God's Word. As the word that we've just read in Proverbs 4, it says, Keep them, that is the word, in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all of the flesh. Now, to keep means to guard and to protect. The devil's greatest fear comes from believers whose hearts are full of the word of God. He is absolutely terrified of them. It is for this reason he concentrates his efforts on stealing the word from our hearts. Remember what Jesus said, that as soon as the word is sown, immediately, immediately he comes to steal that word. And if he steals the word, you have nothing to fight with. You have nothing to believe with. He is after the word. Not after you necessarily, but after the word. That's why you've got to keep and guard your heart, the word of God, with, with all of your diligence. Hence the need to guard and keep the word, giving it time. Why do we have to guard it? We've got to keep it in our heart so that the word can take root, folks. It takes time for the word to take root. You don't plant a seed one day and you go out to the field the next day and you expect to reap a harvest. The process must follow and, and give the word time to germinate, to take root, and then it will produce the results. And when the word takes root and becomes part of our inner man, it will release life and health to every member of our emotional and physical being. Folks, when I got born again, I was a total wreck, broken spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, socially, every way. But how I give thanks to the Word of God that in the process of time, it has restored me mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, and in every other way. I owe everything I am today to the living Word of God. That's why I love the Word so much. I keep preaching on it. I keep teaching on it. And I go over it again and again and again. I want to give you the uncompromised Word of God because I know that very Word, if you will receive it with an open heart and follow its instructions, it will transform and change your life forever. Amen. Praise God. I trust that you've been blessed and ministered to this afternoon or this morning, wherever you are, and you will take these words to heart, folks. 
The word of God says it is not the hearer who is blessed, but the doer of the word. Amen. It is in doing the word of God that we find the blessing and the release of of grace upon our lives. Let's pray before we conclude. Father, we thank you for your life-giving word. Thank you that you send Jesus to the cross. He is the living word. Psalm 107 verse 20 said, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Indeed, you have already healed and delivered us because you have already sent the word. So from your point of view, there is nothing more to be done. Enable us through your grace and give us revelation and understanding how to embrace and give your word the priority that it deserves, our undivided attention according to what you have told us tonight, so that we may be a people that are separate, a people that stand apart from any other nation on the face of the earth, a people that truly represent the Lord Jesus Christ to this broken world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.